Radio Drone. It's another lovely episode of Radio Drome. I am here. Brian Lewis is here. Yeah, mostly. All right, his voice is here. And I, I think Brad just woke up, but Brad, you're here, right? Yeah, mostly. Most- <laughs> What's with you two only being mostly here? <laughs> Tonight I'm sitting here uh, recording this as I've just gotten halfway through sleepaway camp for the survivor. Oh, I'm sorry. It's 90% stock footage. The new stuff's the credits. <laughs> Opening and closing. Oh, kind of. Like, the credits are, like, in the, still in the style of the credits of part two and three. Now, was there it's, a fifth one? I mean, I yeah, know they're making they're, a new one. Yeah, re- return, of, return, of, return to Sleepaway Camp. That was the fifth one. Sleepaway Camp 4, what happened there is that in 1992, they were making Sleepaway Camp 4, and then the production company that made it went bankrupt, so production for it got shot da- sh- shut down, and the movie was never finished, and they only shot probably just like maybe 10 minutes worth of usable footage. And then when the box set was released in the early 2000s, if you got the box set at Best Buy, there was an extra disc that was the production dailies of Sleepaway Camp 4, which was amounted to like a scene with a hunter a scene with a cop and a girl like in a bikini sitting on the dock at the lake they decided to take this footage and then pad it out to 70 minutes using stock footage from the first three movies so that's what i've been watching it feels like i'm snobbing the same movie twice you snob one thing people don't realize about watching dailies is just how boring it can be I've got a tape of dailies from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, and good God, with no music, no sound, and in a lot of cases, the other actor that's in the reverse shot isn't even there. There's a lot of dialogue scenes between Tink and Viggo Mortensen's character, where it's literally the script girl playing Viggo Mortensen, reading his lines to, to Joe Unger. And it's like, oh my God, this is impossible to watch. Oh yeah, like uh, and I've seen stuff like that on uh, the the first Chainsaw Massacre, the dailies for that, and even there were a couple of Mystery Science Theater DVDs that was just like just production footage of them just like filming the host segments. Yeah, people don't realize just how boring that stuff is to just sit and watch. When I, I understand when you have a vested interest and you're the director looking for the best take, okay, I get that. But when you're just well, a yeah. fan watching it, it's boring as hell. Well, I'm sure even though for directors, like, I'm sure Ryan is so f- just completely sick of looking at the snob movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the movies that I've directed and edited to, yeah, pretty much. Uh, even Well, even when I was doing the behind-the-scenes stuff, the behind-the-scenes footage for the snob movie and editing all that together, I couldn't just put up there all of the freaking behind-the-scenes footage that we shot. Otherwise, yeah, like Josh just said, it'd be insanely boring. So you take like about an hour worth of behind-the-scenes footage that we shot for a particular day, condense it down to about the best bits, so like 10, 15 minutes or something like that. And, and you I'm know, sure, I'm sure could... at this point, Ryan is so sick of hearing your voice, if you call him up on the phone, he's like, What do you want? Yeah, 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 probably. 
I've been listening to your voice for the last five hours in editing. I don't yeah. need you calling me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing very good, Rome. Uh, oh, the oh, hell no. just happened. <laughs> Did you just go schizo on us? What the hell? <laughs> no, I had to lean back and tell uh, uh, someone I was recording. I, I'm not sure if I'll cut that or not. <laughs> Makes for good behind the scenes since we were just sure, talking yeah, about it's it. The dailies, it's the dailies of the episode. Exactly. <laughs> you guys have noticed throughout your lifetime trends in movies, and I don't mean trends in like torture porn becoming a trend. I mean movies that follow pop culture trends, right? Yeah, like the trend of movies based on internet characters. That's a bad trend. We don't we don't want to bring that back up, Brad. Hey, my movie's awesome. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I'm talking. Brad, I think you're a little biased. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think you're. Not, you're you're I'm not, not a... biased. I admit it when I make a piece of crap. That is true. I've heard him say it. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still think there's a little bias, but not as much as you'd normally think. The one I immediately thought of was in 1995, 94, 95, 96. You saw when virtual reality, which was an idiotic pop culture trend to begin with started cropping up, you saw all these movies and TV shows that jumped on the virtual reality craze. They seem to use it a lot for thrillers. You know, so yeah. somebody goes into virtual reality and finds something that they're not supposed to, or they get they somehow, with the way computers don't work in the 90s, they would get into the security camera and see their wife screwing somebody else or something. They, But it was very much, we want to be VR, man. Well, it seemed like there in the, the early 90s, we really seemed to think that, one, virtual reality was going to be huge. <laughs> yeah. And, and two, that it was magic. And that like, it was going to stick around. Every like single, a... like, horror movie, like, like, people were getting stuck in VR or things from VR were coming into the real world. That it was going to be, like, essentially like a, a lucid dream. <laughs> Yeah, this will replace waking life. Like, you'll just come home, put on your VR helmet, and just lose yourself forever. As, as awesome as that would be. Well, I noticed, and not necessarily with VR, but you saw, that, and that obviously wasn't the beginning of the rubber reality movies, but you had movies like Brain Scan, which wasn't really so much VR, but do you remember that where Edward Furlong brings the CD-ROM video game character serial killer into the real world and it starts killing people in his neighborhood? Yeah, I remember that. It's kind of in the same area of what a lot of the VR movies did. Like uh, Virtuosity. V Virtuosity, the, the TV series VR5. And Fox yeah. did an entire TV series about a woman that could use virtual reality to to look into any part of the real world that she needed to, and she became like a spy or a PI or something using it. Pendulette even was a get was a regular on that. I don't get what I'm. Mean, I guess the yeah. I guess the check cleared. But but you had they told me they were all atheists. I decided to join it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then you also had what is probably the biggest virtual reality movie ever: Lawnmower Man. Hell yeah, Lawnmower Man. Lawnmower Man is awesome. At the same time as being horrendous, it's oh, uh, yeah, that's, it's definitely a guilty pleasure movie. It's uh, it's entertaining as hell. <laughs> it's not too horrendous. It entertains the crap out of me. Well, okay, I I read the short story first, so maybe that's why I was so offended hear, at the movie. I honestly hear that they are exactly the same. Oh, I identical. Stephen King <laughs> was so far ahead of time when he envisioned all the virtual reality. 
yeah. he was just so he he was like he was a time traveler, Brad. Right. That's exactly what I've heard. It was so close that he just wanted his name off of the credits because. It... Why even put the name on the credits when it's obvious that it came from the source material? It's just a given at that <laughs> point, right? Yeah. I think you guys are being sarcastic. Oh, God. Bra- <laughs> Brian thinks we're being sarcastic, Brad. I was being dead fucking serious. <laughs> you guys cut that out. Absolutely not. Lawnmower Man was a big one, but I think Lawnmower Man 2 is the one that took VR to a ridiculous level. Man, I saw Lawnmower Man too when that came when that first came out. I haven't seen it since. I barely remember anything about it. Okay, I'm I'm a huge Max Hedrum fan and I'm a huge Matt Frewer fan, so there's no way I can see not see a movie with Matt Frewer in VR again. The movie is unwatchably bad. I'm not, I'm not just talking about the dated effects or anything. The story makes no sense at all. There's no continuity whatsoever with the first uh-huh. film, and th- they try to make it, but. I mean, you clearly see him die at the end of the first film and shrivel up into nothing. And at the beginning of the second film, they find his body and he magically looks like Matt Frewer. What the hell? I know, right? You can't Stuff go like from Jeff never... Fahey to Matt Frewer. No. I Right? Stuff like that never happens in horror movies. Never. Ever. I mean, the movie is just a bad movie on every single level. Yeah, yeah. But that was one that really, and that was at the time when they just really thought VR was going to stick around. Honestly, I try not to think of Lawnmower Man 2. <laughs> yeah, that that one was just that just seemed like a terrible idea from beginning to end. Like it didn't it, it wasn't a movie that needed a sequel, and they definitely didn't do it in any way that had hardly anything to do with the first one. I mean, I, it was it was Job and there's VR. Okay. Then what? That movie honestly, I'm surprised it got a theatrical release. I, if you watch that movie, that release. Well, that feels like mid '90s direct to video. It yeah. really does. I cannot believe somebody made a deal with the devil to get that thing a full 2,000 screen theatrical release. And in three days, I'll be in every system in the world. This universe is mine. I am God here. Man, uh, it's gonna be the best. It's I think it's the best sequel uh, next to uh, uh, Christmas Story Two. I just saw the trailer for that today. You know, oh I God. really Let's used to. A- I really used to respect Stacy Travis as an actress. I can't anymore. Oh man, that's that's right there. There's a trend right there. The direct to DVD sequel. <laughs> that's that's a yeah. I really oh. I thought we were kind of over that. Especially taking classic movies that everyone loves and kind of raping them. I want to hate that movie. When I watched that trailer, and this is the part that annoyed me the most, I think they're really earnest about it. They really seem to want to be making a proper sequel. That actually makes it more offensive to me with how bad the trailer looks. The trailer, to see, I don't... I think it looks like a freaking parody. It looks like everyone is acting like a just an extreme, just an extreme, like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Dumbass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're, they're just, they're, they're just playing, uh, they're not even, they're not acting genuine. It looks almost yeah. like a sketch on a bad, on a bad sketch comedy series. Yeah, Ralphie, they're, they're- Ralphie. They're not characters, they're caricatures. Yeah, they're being caricatures of what the characters were in the original movie. Ralphie doesn't even look human. He looks like a teenager who's dressing like Ralphie for Halloween. I can and see that, yeah. 
and and also there already was a Christmas story too. It was called My Summer Story, and that was that was terrible as well. But at least that one, they were genuine. My Summer Story was the one that actually was directed by Bob Clark. It was still written by uh, Gene Shepard. He narrated again, which I know he did the O'Connell one too. But this one was still directed by Bob Clark. They it, like it had like one or two of the same actors from the other one. Definitely not Darren McGavin, or I would no, 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 no. Like I think like the teacher was played by the same actress. But Kieran Culkin played Ralphie. Uh, Mary Steenburgen was the mom, and Charles Grote was the old man but that like that it was a terrible terrible movie but at least the actors were genuine i mean they were they weren't acting just like extreme prototypes of the original daniel stern looks like he's trying to impersonate darren mcgavin and that does not work yeah that's exactly what it looked like at least in the other one charles groden he was I'm a big charles groden fan but i mean that movie was terrible but i i love charles groden but he wasn't in that, in that other one, he wasn't just doing some hyper impersonation of Darren McGavin. He was just being like, you know, cranky Charles Grodin. Well, back to the VR thing real quick. There's one, the, the movie that actually got me to think about what this trend was is a movie I love. And I don't call it a guilty pleasure because I think for about the first three quarters, it's a legit good film. And that's Johnny Mnemonic. It's got a great pinball game. Oh, that pinball machine is the best. I don't think I've yeah. ever played the pinball machine, but I, I dare we ask Spoonie how the uh, the uh, FMV game is? <laughs> but I, I legit like most of Johnny Mnemonic, and there's that scene where he, he's he's in the virtual reality internet. That was another big '90s thing. Remember how you'd actually like log on with the invisible gloves and the invisible yeah. keyboard to get on the net? I need to get on the net, and you're you're I'm gonna crash your board, man. And it's just okay, guys. I know it was science fiction, but that's not how the internet even could have logically worked at that point. So I don't to be know. Fa- well, to be fair, those movies are taking place in the future. Not not too far in the future, and for some of them, some well, of them are only three or four years from now. They're still taking place in the future, and when you have movies that take place in the future, no matter how silly it is, you can get away with doing stuff that doesn't really exist in the year that the movie was made. All right, well, how about stuff that's not taking place in the future? Like, you guys remember when the Lombada first hit in, what was that, 90 or 91, somewhere around there? Yeah. How could I forget when the Lombada hit? Well, okay, remember, that's right when Canon broke up, when Glan and Globus went their their, their separate ways and they each formed their own new companies. Each one was battling the other to get their Lombada movie on the video market first. Oh. Don't you remember that? And in one of them... Richard Lynch was the villain. Richard Lynch is the villain in a dance movie. Yeah, it's where he single-handedly strangled the Lombada to death. But Brad, Richard Lynch as the villain in a Lombada movie. Does yeah. that not at least get you to rent the movie? Was that Lombada or was that the Forbidden Dance? I don't remember. I because I I've, I've seen both of them on, on I think drive-in theater honestly, and I cannot tell you which one had which plot point in it. Uh, So I think I saw him in the same week, even. That was Forbidden Dance. That was the one that also had Sid Haig in it. It was directed by the the same guy who did uh, Angel's Revenge. What about you, Brian? You remember the Lombada movies? I'm pretty sure that I saw them, but... No, I don't remember the Lombada <laughs> movies. Why would, it's like I sit around here like, oh, man, you know what I haven't seen since I was, oh, I don't know, seven? The Lombada. 
<laughs> and see, that's have, your problem. We could watch the Lombada. That's the problem and, with my generation. <laughs> we could watch the Lombada and then follow that up with a double feature of Newsies and Shout with John Travolta. <laughs> and 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 the Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. True. I'll yeah. stick to the Step Up movies. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'll okay. Stick with, I'm going to stick with Roller Boogie. Well, you you guys remember now? That, I'm not talking about the Wizard because that kind of came out in its own little bubble. But you remember the video game movies, and I don't mean movies based on video games. The movies based around video games from the really early '80s, from the pre Nintendo era. Like you got like uh, joysticks, joysticks by Graydon Clark. Tron and yeah, another great Clark. Um, and uh, uh, what was that? Was that Nightmares, the anthology movie where Amelia Westevez was the arcade player? Yes, he he fought the Bishop of Battle. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And Such an official title. Have you have you ever seen that one, Brian? Have you ever seen I, Nightmares? It was actually a backdoor oh, pilot yeah. for an anthology series to compete with Tales from movie. the Dark Side. Uh, the one with Lance Henriksen fighting giant rats was pretty bad. That yeah. wasn't uh, the, Lance Henriksen was fighting the uh, was fighting the devil or something like that who was in that black SUV that was chasing him on the highway. Okay, the, yeah, one, the, the rat was a dip, was the other story. That's right. The the rat was uh, the one with. Uh, Richard Macer. And I remember that one also had Sam Raimi as a gas station attendant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah. The, I, 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 granted, I, man, I haven't seen it since the 90s, but I still remember even liking the rat part of it. I don't know. Giant rats never did anything for me, like the graveyard shift movies and whatnot. Just giant rats are not all that frightening to me in a, as a horror what villain. About, what about Food of the Gods? I haven't seen yeah. that since I was a kid. It scared the shit out of me when I was a kid, but I'd need to see it again as an adult. <laughs> see, that that's your problem, Josh. You don't watch enough giant rat movies. It's clearly yeah, my man. problem. You gotta see you gotta see Rats Night of Terror. It's got rat people in it. And, and it's yeah. got a totally useless post-apocalyptic setting for no reason. Which was in and well, of itself. Where would the rat people come from, Josh? Yeah, come where on. the rat people come from. And, and if see they didn't have... The, mutagen? If, come on, rat king? Have, if they didn't have the post-apocalyptic background, then the movie wouldn't have had a post-apocalyptic background. 
Yeah, because <laughs> Bruno Matai movies is where I go for internal movie logic. Damn right. I freaking love that. I, lo- I love that. That's that's genius. Like, just doing, like, a killer creature movie and just being like, you know what? All right. It's going to take place after the nuclear holocaust. Fair enough. But, no, like, with Nightmares, like I said, it was a it was a backdoor pilot for an anthology series. So it's basically four 25-minute vignettes that they just crammed together and shot out on video. And in one of them, Emilio Estevez is addicted to this video game called The Bishop of Battle. And at one point, he sneaks into the arcade after it's closed. And by the way, he's just able to just sneak in and turn all the switches on and all the games light up. He gets so far in the game, he gets to the final level that no one's ever gotten to before. And the game comes alive and there, there's these little animated space invaders shooting at him and whatnot and blowing up arcade machines. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty awesome. The one I'm really thinking of, because I just got the DVD in the mail today, was the 30th anniversary edition of Joysticks. Ooh. The Graydon Clark Joysticks movie, which I has... I do love me some Graydon Clark. Keen eyes, quick hands, energize my soul again. Gonna see my name in lights. Play with my joystick. Wiggle left, jerk it right. Something everything inside. Shoot fast, shoot straight. Video to the max. One down, two to go. Can't stop on a roll. Video joystick. Video joystick. Well, the movie's awful. I mean, come on. You've got Joe Don Baker trying to shut down the local arcade that his valley girl daughter keeps going to, and you've got John Deal as one of the punks under King Vidiot. Well, now it was a better Graydon Clark, Joe Don Baker movie than uh, Final Justice. Arguable. <laughs> Joysticks <laughs> that isn't is that so good. Not, that is so not arguable. It's like, oh, my God, that is so not freaking arguable. Oh, my God. Th- that's a movie that came out right at the perfect time. About four months after that movie came out, set in the arcade, the video game crash of 1983 happened. Damn it, E.T. Damn that E.T. Atari game. And you guys remember how The Wizard first broke Super Mario Bros. 3, the first time anyone ever saw footage of that was in The Wizard? Video Armageddon. <laughs> Ninja Gaiden! Hoi hoi ha! Come up here, my little beauties. The the thing with joysticks that also debuted a brand new arcade game. They got a, a license for like Demon Seed or something. I might be wrong on the title because I haven't. I just got the DVD today, so I haven't seen the movie since the VHS era. That was another trend. The video games are huge with with people right now. Let's make movies about video games. And then and then you had one 
it's actually one of the trailers on the Joysticks DVD is for one called Skaters, about a skateboard sports team headed by the chief of police from Beverly Hills Cop 2. Oh, that guy. Uh, that was, I was sitting there like... His uh, name is his... It, Lutz. It's the guy that played Lutz. Chief Lutz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. remember the actor's name off the top of my head, though. But it, it stars just, him as, as the coach of a skateboard team, and they're in... They're in like a competition with other skater teams, and I'm like, wow, I don't remember the skateboard trend movies. Those see, I seem to have missed in 81, 82. Hey, um, I don't watch, I don't really watch skateboarder movies anyway. Not even the skateboard kid. The only one that's any good is Gleaming the Cube because Christian Slater totally rocks that movie. They also had the, the roller boogie movies, the, the big roller skate ones in the late 70s. You had three or four of those come out within one year. Including Xanadu, because isn't Xanadu a roller skate movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Xanadu yeah. is, and Roller Boogie with uh, Linda Blair. Yep. And uh, there, uh, Disco Nine Thousand. Wasn't Don't Stop the Music? Didn't that have a big? Didn't that have a big roller skate thing in, that, in Don't Stop the, the Music? Is that the Village People movie? Yeah. Uh, I, man, I can't remember that. Brian, I know you're a big Village People fan. You got to know about Don't Stop the Music. Wow, I, you know, I I didn't really catch my stride with the village people to like the '80s village people, you know, like sex over the phone and all that. So yeah, I'm, I'm I. Oh, you are just useless sex tonight. Over sex over the phone is an awesome song. When when these trend movies come out, do you guys think that that it's a wise thing, even in the short run? Because I think it's dangerous when like like with the Lombada thing with the with Glenn and Globus fighting each other. You have to wonder, did they really think the Lombada was going to last long enough that their films not, would have any... I mean, I, I know the, the one with Richard Lynch, they got shot, edited, and released within eight weeks of conception, which they, is pretty good. Not, in movies like that, they are not thinking about making a lasting product. It's the furthest thing on their mind. They don't care if the product lasts. No, I, just, that's not what I meant. Just want it, hang on, hang on. They just want it to get out there soon enough so they can make you know a quick off of a trend that's currently popular they only give a crap if the trend lasts well that that's what i was asking like with something like lombada even though they only they only had an eight-week turnaround on it that whole trend could have died before they got even into post-production then it would have been wasted isn't that kind of risky to you know what this might only have a shelf life of two months we need to rush something out and hope we beat the shelf life well it's a little risky yeah but uh i'm sure a lot of those I'm sure if there's one thing they have a fairly decent grasp on is getting it out quick enough to where it won't be that old by the time it comes out. Sometimes that backfire. Sometimes that does backfire. You know, a movie will get caught up in post a post production mess and get delayed, and then bam, it comes out like and no one goes to see it. Like that that movie uh that movie that was made like when when Texas Hold'em first got like really big where there's all those shows, celebrity poker and all the different poker shows on TV, not saying that people don't still play it. I, I still play it, but there was a time when that was, when that on television was pretty big. I remember the, they, the Michael Madsen TV show tilt. They made a whole series out of that on ESPN. Yeah. And they made that movie called the, uh, it was a Hurtis Hansen flick. I think it was called lucky you with uh, Eric Bana that was made to kind of come out around that particular time, but then it got delayed by a couple of years, and by the time it did come out, those shows weren't quite as big anymore. 
and like nobody went to go see it. Isn't that around the same time that Rounders with Matt Damon and Edward Norton came out? No, Lucky You came out several years after that. Rounders was like late 90s. Lucky You was like mid 2000s. And in production right now, Rounders 2. Of course. Oh, yeah. Let's of course. Strike while the iron's hot there, guys. They are bringing back the uh, trend of the direct-to-video uh, sequel. I'm assuming it's direct-to-video. <laughs> I can't. Honestly, even with Matt Damon and Edward Norton, and I really did like the movie, I was surprised that that was theatrical to begin with. Because I-, I just don't see intense poker playing uh, I mean, it didn't surprise me that it was theatrical, but I mean, that's mainly because Matt Damon and, Ed- and Edward Norton were in it. And John um, Malkovich and Martin Landau. And- yeah, it has, all, it has all of these people in it and stuff like that. I mean, usually when something legitimately really, really surprises me that it's theatrical is when it's something like The Oogie Loves. I mean, yeah, it's it's the sort of thing where, I mean, they you really do have a finite timetable to to do anything with that because yeah if if you overshoot it even by just a little bit your your movie goes from being and not like it's going to be like hugely culturally relevant but you know it at least fits in in pop culture at the time i mean you overshoot that by even a month and all of a sudden you're the assholes that like oh yeah look at these guys trying desperately to get this movie out you know riding the end of a wave or something and I mean, there there are still movies like there's still I'm sure trends out there that people still just keep pumping out movies because hey they made them they got to put it out at some point and then it just seems weird so I I don't know I I just I don't I don't normally go for those kind of movies they do just seem like cash ins yeah it's, it, there there's no substance to them and oftentimes like you say like like how that Lombardo movie eight weeks from initial conception of the idea to it being in the can and ready to go. Oh, now we watch Asylum movies all the time. <laughs> I was, but I was going to say Asylum is, Asylum is less about chasing a pop culture trend and chasing a trend within movies itself. I think the Asylum is kind of a different beast in, in this well, argument. With the Asylum, I'd call them kind of 50-50 on that because, yeah, yeah, they they did a great job, in my opinion. Like, I I still to this day think they did a phenomenal job with Paranormal Entity. But then, since then, they've released, what, probably five other found footage movies that are definitely not worth watching. Yeah, yeah. I I saw uh, uh, Alien Origin, which was one of their worst. And uh, Gacy uh, House. Gacy House was uh, Gacy House I didn't even finish. Was was that one that Matthew Buck just reviewed, that that dinosaur one? Was that an asylum or not? Did oh, did he do uh Area four oh seven? No, the one I'm thinking of is called like the Dinosaur Project or something like that. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, I haven't seen his episode on that yet. There's a found footage dinosaur movie that I saw that was called Area Four O Seven. Okay, no, this was something dinosaur in the title. I saw Matthew Buck do a thing on it. And... Uh, yeah, it looks like something just came out. Yeah, the Dinosaur Project. Okay, I, I wasn't oh, hundred. Okay. I couldn't tell. I couldn't remember if that was an asylum or I hate to say this, but an asylum wannabe. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, wouldn't it be funny if a, if there's if there's a company that makes knockbusters of knockbusters that makes parodies of or that makes ripoffs of asylum movies? That'd be pretty great. And it'd be really funny if the asylum got mad over it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I just think that would be. I would love that. Yeah. But you you have these the other pop culture trends. I mean, 
you didn't see this one as much, but like Dungeons and Dragons in the early 80s. You saw a couple of movies that, that dealt with the whole tabletop gaming thing. I mean, obviously, and I'm sure Tom Hanks does not put it on his resume, Maces and Monsters. <laughs> he puts that on his resume along with He Knows You're Alone. And Bosom Buddies. Hey, hey, Bosom Buddies is awesome. Oh, I that's, mean, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm not even going to give you that one on a smart-ass level. It's, it's, it's no work it, but still. Yeah, th- there was there was another one kind of like that that same concept. Uh, I think it, it was even just called like like Dungeon Master or something. Yes, like that, that was an early that was an early Charles Band movie. Richard Mall's the villain, and the the heavy metal band Wasp appears in that as themselves. <laughs> and, I'm sure so many people recognize them. Like, oh man, that's Wasp. I know them from anywhere. Well, and, and <laughs> okay. No, they obviously most people know this from Mythbusters, but the quote, I reject your reality and substitute my own, that's from Dungeon Master. In a future reality, I shall destroy you. I reject your reality and I substitute my own. <laughs> Those freaking ripoffs. Well, that, that's like an old. Like, <laughs> I mean, that, that's basically like. A D&D thing anyway, like early versions where like you could just disbelieve something and just forego the actual rules. I'm just saying it's ironic that I hear that quoted all the times and people go, it's from Mythbusters. And it's like, well, Mythbusters got it from Dungeon Master, a movie you've never heard of. How many people have actually <laughs> never... seen Dungeon Master? Come on. Uh, come on, it's on uh, Netflix Instant. Is it? I've never yeah. seen Dungeon Master. <laughs> I actually have it on Laserdisc. The actual like uh, title card they have on uh, on Netflix for it, it looks like a weathered to hell VHS cover. Yeah, like no, like it literally looks like it, like it doesn't look like it's intentionally like a weathered look or anything like that. Like it literally looks like if I went to Goodwill right now and snapped a picture with my cell phone and then put it online. That is the quality the picture is. It it looks terrible. It looks like they blew it up from like a thumbnail, like. Was it Carl Weathered? Oh, man. <laughs> it was not nearly black enough. You know what? I'm not even going to give you Action Jackson on that one. <laughs> Anus. What other pop culture trends can you guys think of that where the movie was chasing the pretty short-lived, not necessarily in retrospect, but even at the time you could tell this was not going to be a lasting trend, but they made a movie about it anyway? You know, when I think of trends that I really, really hate, it, that I a trend that I really, really hated, it do, it doesn't really go along with what with what you just said, and I don't know really know what would what it would go along with anyway. But it's one of the ones that I don't know. I just detested for the life of me was uh, after Scream came out on video, the self aware slasher movie. No, oh, well, well, yeah, that too, but um. But also, even though I've at least seen that done well, not by Scream, but the VHS box cover of Scream. And then after that, every slasher movie that came out for like the next six or seven years was the exact same box cover of the uh, the principal cast, not even in character, just like they just showed up in whatever clothes they were wearing for that day, standing there with a black background, looking straight on in a line, looking straight on at the camera, and like a silhouette or something of whoever the villain of said movie would be, standing like sort of uh, 
right behind them with the logo uh, photoshopped right underneath all of the the all of the heads yeah yeah like i remember they did that box for like phantoms and in the movie phantoms affleck is this sheriff with a cowboy hat and dressed up like a sheriff on the box cover he's wearing like a leather jacket and a t-shirt hey brad phantoms, yeah. phantoms was the bomb yo <laughs> affleck was the bomb and phantoms yo one that I just thought of by looking at my, my DVD shelf was n- not necessarily the supernatural creature x files trend in itself, but the specific things. After you started hearing on the X-Files, they do an episode on the Mothman. You had the Mothman prophe- prophecies in a couple of direct-to-video Mothman movies. X-Files would do an episode on Chupacabra. You'd have a couple of Chupacabra movies. You had these these sort of creatures that don't exist. They would kind of go in like mini trends. More so, I kind of just remember like after a couple of those big like creature movies came out, like Anaconda. I mean, there was just a sweeping wave that's <laughs> due to sci-fi's insistence on having something to fill time between wrestling programs and reality shows that still is going on with just like the bizarre animals like oh it's you had anaconda now oh it's uh, it's python or it's boa and and now it's piranaconda boaconda pantherconda piranaconda how about like in the 90s whenever there was like a disaster movie that was out in theaters and then you'd have like the tv movie version like when twister came out there would be like what like starring mark paul gossler night of the twisters and like you saw that on tv on regular tv too i remember when twister came out there was a sliders episode about a, a world of twisters yeah yeah and uh like dante's peak comes out and you had like other movies about volcanoes not counting the movie volcano which was better than Dante's Peak? Because I, I like Dante's Peak way better than Volcano. Volcano sucks. Volcano's oh, much on, more like fun. The old lady, the volcano the is, acid. Volcano is so not much more fun. In Dante's Peak, at least crap is happening. At In least... Volcano, you have a guy melting while that he's still one... conscious. Well, conscious while trying to throw a one, kid. That was one f***ing scene of and a you guy had melting. Don Cheadle. Volcano, other than that, in Volcano, that movie was nothing. Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Hang on just a goddamn second. In <laughs> Volcano, that movie was nothing but but lava slowly creeping down at one one freaking mile an hour down just a freaking suburb. When you have a movie called <laughs> Volcano that builds itself up when when it builds itself upon lava, uh, a volcano underneath Los Angeles. You want to see a geyser of lava going through freaking Los Angeles, which that movie has one shot of at the very end of the movie. At least in Dante's Peak, shit was chasing them. Shit was happening. You had the lady melting in acid water. You had people getting crushed, melted by lava all over the freaking place. Clouds of ash chasing them down the street. Volcano had nothing. It was like watching... It was. It wasn't like watching paint dry. It was like watching freaking lava dry, which is what they were doing throughout that whole boring ass movie. Hey, Brad, do you yes. realize for about the last minute and a half, you absolutely channeled me? No, because I was talking about a movie that actually is bad. Ooh. <laughs> oh man, that <laughs> that was a burn. <laughs> Come on, Brian. Did it, that did that not sound like a rant? I would have gone on. I, I, I could see that. I mean, it would be about something probably 
a little more, you know, that no one else nitpicky? would care about. But <laughs> yeah, I think nitpicky is the word you want. <laughs> that that's the one oh, I was oh, looking for. Bullshit. Oh, bullshit. That was nitpicky. <laughs> nitpicky would be something like, what lava isn't that color of orange? Or what Robocop's arm turns into a gun? <laughs> F minus zero star. I, I love I love the I love the people have did you see the comments recently about how they love when it sounds like you get so mad you're about ready to hang up? Oh no, I'm not mad. I just play it up. Yeah, no, you, I, I, you had you had those kind of trends. What about you what about you, Brian? The before Brad went off on Volcano. <laughs> yeah, and another thing. And hey, jeez. I think no, Don Cheadle cancels out all the other bad of Volcano. Don Cheadle's awesome. I like Don Cheadle, but he was also <laughs> in that to Terrence Howard. <laughs> but he was also in Ocean's Twelve. I haven't seen any of the Ocean sequels. I've only seen Ocean's Eleven, and I didn't even bother with any of the sequels. Twelve sucks. Thirteen is pretty good. Oh God, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> all right, well then, uh, how about? Uh, how about the, the the trend movie that even goes back to the seventies, the nature rises up and kills man. I'm talking about Day of the Animals and Frog and Grizzly, Grizzly. and yep, Grizzly One, Brad. Grizzly One. Remember, Grizzly Two got you in trouble. What Grizzly Two? Grizzly Two. I didn't even think was that bad. If they actually finished the movie, it would have been all right. Maybe if they had put a grizzly in it at some point. Yeah, if they put a freaking bear in it. Like that would have been like you know I would have I was sitting there like with Grizzly too yeah I'm sort of like why couldn't they have finished this so their production got shot down all it needed was some insert shots of a freaking bear how hard could that be well I'm thinking even going back to the to like seventy six seventy seven with the Bigfoot trend Bigfoot hit pop culture like crazy and there had to have been ten movies that came out within two years about Bigfoot. And I mean theatrical or drive-in released movies. Like The Geek. Like Legend of Boggy Creek. Le- uh, Boggy Creek was awesome. What was that one we saw a few years back at uh, uh, Cinema Wasteland? What the hell was that, that one? Was, with the... that, was big, that was Bigfoot. That one was great. Yeah, like, yeah. Big, like a bunch of big feet like kidnapping women to rape them and have hybrid Bigfoot babies. That was right. just weird. It had, it had uh, Chris Mitchum in it and John Carradine. Yeah, John Carradine is like the traveling pot salesman. Yeah, not like, yeah, not yeah. like weed. Like he just had a station wagon full of like pots and pans. And then we and then uh, like we went and got some more like seventies Bigfoot movies, and they were all terrible. Yeah. <laughs> there were not very many good seventies Bigfoot movies. Uh, Big Bigfoot with John Carradine was pretty good. The other ones we saw, like I mean, yeah. The geek was pretty terrible. <laughs> that that stupid one we watched, that freaking what was that, Curse of the Bigfoot or whatever it was. It was an unfinished film from the nineteen fifties, and then in the seventies they shot more footage to like pad it out. Oh, that yeah, that one was practically unwatchable. The the the, the footage was just so degraded in some parts, like it, you couldn't even see what was happening. Did you guys yeah. see the Bill Rabane Bigfoot movie? Mm, maybe I don't know. I saw Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, that 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 was not the Bill Rabane Bigfoot movie. <laughs> oh, that would have been hilarious if you were like, "Oh, right, it was called Harry and the Henderson." Yeah, sorry, that's what I'm talking about. Right, that one with not William Shatner from the Twilight Zone. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You just saw all these big, 
Okay, first, what is the correct? Would it be big feet or big foots? A uh, big foot eye. Big foots. Bigfoots is funner to say, but big feet sounds a little like it. It makes more sense. Yeah, it does. I'm not Even sure. It's, I'm it's not sure how you plural things some... that don't exist. Yeah, I was gonna say. Okay, I'm. I'm <laughs> just. I'm just saying that there were a lot of bad. And then you also have the the subgenre of Bigfoots movies, Big Feet movies, and that was Yeti movies. You had no. all the snow creature movies, which are arguably Bigfoot in in the snow. Was that, that one a uh, Shriek of the Mutilated? <laughs> oh yeah, Shriek of the Mutilated. That was that was all right. It was well, kind of funny, and the ending was pretty good. There was that one stupid movie that we watched that one time. It was not Yeti, not Bigfoot, but it was Ogre. I, I I've got one <laughs> that I really need to watch one of these days. I got the DVD for the Lance Henriksen Andrea Roth movie Sasquatch. I like Bigfoot movies. Did you just pronounce it Sasquatch? Sasquatch. How do you pronounce it? Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Sasquatch? You fucking assquatch. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it is Sasquatch. Are, are you like William Shatner and you say sabotage? Oh, look, they're going to sabotage the ship? Sabotage. You don't say sabotage? I don't say sabotage. I say sabotage. Like you, you, you don't see the Beastie Boys running around. It's a sabotage! Do you? That'd be hilarious. That's That'd how make, I... That actually would be. What's, what's it sound like to you, Josh? <laughs> This is what it sounds like in my head. <laughs> Assholes. I, I tell you, though, a, a great Bigfoot movie. I, I think I showed you this one, Brad. Uh, that, that one, uh, Search for the Beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we that, watched that one. That movie that sucked. That is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> when, oh my when was that one from, Brian? Was that newer? Uh, Kinda. It's from, like, the mid-90s, early mid-90s, yeah, I think. it was video. Yeah, the, the Bigfoot is literally like a spirit, like Bigfoot costume. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Is, is this as bad as the 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 sim the movie that was being shot when they thought Homer was a Bigfoot and the guy had the watch? We can see your watch, Bill. Ah, damn it! <laughs> Practically, but like, like it, it's it's all like about like this scientist who's trying to find the Bigfoot and these hunters that are trying to kill it. And you could obviously tell all of these people were just out in the woods on like, like, Hey, we all have Saturday off. Let's go film a movie. The guy like narrates himself epically as he's doing mundane tasks. It's fantastic. I want to talk about one more trend before we got to get out of here. The early internet movies. (laughs) Oh, like the net movies like the net where they have her doing stuff in 1995 that you can't do today. Yeah, but she had a really nice computer. Plus, she's Sandra Bullock, so she's really rich. She could afford that shit. My mom is still, to this day, terrified of computers and the internet because of that friggin' movie. Like, I'll be, like, doing something like, it's like, oh, you didn't put your credit card number on there, did you? I'm like, well, how else am I supposed to get something off of eBay? It's like, well, they could just steal that. I'm like, no, they won't, Mom. It's, I, I just okay, <laughs> and see, I I love the fact that it took them what uh, ten years to make the sequel, even though they did have the TV series in there. A lot of people don't even oh, know yeah. that that movie had a TV series for a season. I, I remember this. That. I remember the TV series. I didn't realize there was a sequel movie though. I've got it. It's it's all uh, made by Germans. 
It's net 2.0. It's net 2.0. I I actually picked up the DVD for 79 cents at a Goodwill, and I probably still overpaid for it. I haven't watched it yet. I just, I own it. But But it's awesome. But you, you, oh man, it takes place in Istanbul. It's Turkish the net. But you, you, you had these, but you had all these movies in the early 90s that dealt with the internet in such a way that you, you went, Okay, Mr. Screenwriter, you've never been online, have you? The internet does not work the way it does in this movie. And most of them were set contemporarily, so it's not like even you could, like Johnny Mnemonic, you could go, oh, it's the future. This was a 1995 movie set in 1995, and you go, yeah, the internet can't do that. Not even a tenth of what you're showing it doing. Yeah, but at the same time, if they actually base the movie on what the internet could actually do, it'd be a really, really boring movie. I want to yes. see a 90s internet movie going buffering again with the goddamn buffering. Yeah, yeah to use, take use the movie it, Hackers use, and use make it, it with actual real-life fact, that movie would be boring as all hell. Yeah. It'd be funny. Admit it, it'd you, be yeah, funny. Yeah, you, say, you, say, you see, you say that, but if they actually did that, you'd be sitting here like, did you see that movie The Net in 95? That was so boring. Why couldn't they do all sci-fi with it? <laughs> it was just her, like, losing her account information on Prodigy. <laughs> How many of our listeners even know what Prodigy is nowadays? <laughs> that's the, oh, that's the creepiest part. Oh, man, I hope they bring up Netscape. Oh, you know, you could render video on QuickTime 3.1. <laughs> Forget that, I'm pulling up Real Player. Let's get serious about this. Hey, do you guys know that Angel Fire still exists? That's like every now and then when I see a website that's like, like, oh yeah, something something dot geocities. I'm like, how is this stuff still around? No, Angel uh, Fire still exists. Alex Jowski from Geek Juice found the old Powerpuff Girls website he made in like 1997, and it was still up. Or uh, uh, I like, like doing that sometimes, like like finding these old websites. Like the the movie site for Space Jam is still just out there, uh-huh. and they have yes. a, they haven't updated that at all. <laughs> or like hometown.aol.com. <laughs> so I, I just want to say, before we go out on the trends, the internet in movies is probably the most unrealistic thing ever depicted. And yes, I just said that. It's actually more unrealistic than a Star Wars film. That's retarded. We are out of time. And hey, maybe Radio Drone is a trend. Who knows? So where can we find... <laughs> We're not even going to talk to Brian anymore. He's been no help at all tonight. Where can we find Brad Jones? You can find me at www.thecinemasnob.com. Uh, you can find me at 1201beyond.com or uh, oh, I'm on your lines now, aren't I? Man, I should read my script better. God, you just... Where is my script for the Maccabees? <laughs> Come on in. <laughs>